just stay with that for a bit longer, couldn't we? In your presence, Lord. In your presence, I am safe. I want to talk to our Alamo City family and friends this morning for just a little bit about our, our building progress. We have a couple of families that are a part of Alamo City. One of those parts is made up of those of you who are able to come and sit in these pews and be in this building that we have been in for 34 years. Thank you very much. And then there is the rest of our family that we refer lovingly to uh, as our streaming family. And let me tell you where some of the streaming family comes from. This, this was the 9 o'clock, just the last service, the live viewers, just the few who let us know, many more than this were, were part of it, but these let us know where they were, Mississippi, Los Angeles, South Carolina, Tennessee, Delaware, Robert Lee, Texas. Anybody know where Robert Lee, Texas is? Pennsylvania, Missouri, and get this state name, Western Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania. Arkansas, Houston, of course, San Antonio, Alabama, Costa Rica, and the United Kingdom. Now, that's, that's just a small picture of what's happening out from this place. But I, I, I think that it's safe to say that a good number of you who are part of our streaming family who have never set foot on this place, somehow there's a connection in the spirit with what you sense going on here and what you're hungry for in your own heart. And we, we, just, we just welcome you. We welcome each other in this room, but we welcome those who are scattered all over the place but somehow connected. We are about six months away from leaving this room and moving to another room out by the freeway on the western end of things. And we said last week, and we tried to make it very clear that the church or the ecclesia, the word Jesus uses, is not a building. It's not a geographic location. It is the life of the Spirit of Jesus in your heart, alive in you. And we are connected with each other by means of the Spirit. We, we live in, in, a, in an amazing nation where churches are given the freedom to buy and own property and build facilities. But the bottom line of that is that really is just for our convenience. That, that, is, that is not the plan of the Lord necessarily for his life to dwell in. He, again, he dwells in us but we are conveniently given the blessing of meeting in a place where we've got a place to park, we've got cushioned pews, we have air conditioning and heat. We've said to you as we enter into this phase of transition, moving to our, our building out by the freeway, that we're only going to build what we, what we have the money to pay for. I think I can say to you that at this point, 
if we need to pick up and by next Sunday move out into that building, we, we could do that. It's what you see up is, pay, is paid for. But there are other things that we have mentioned to you, alluded to along the way that we would pay for as we had the money to pay for, and, and, um, and we would trust the Lord to, to make that provision. Here, here is what I need to say to you, and I need in the sense not of, uh, of distress or panic, but just, just the sense of the truth. We're in the process now of needing to order pews, or not pews, chairs. We, we, I, I said, why can't we just use what's in here and cut them down to size and shift them over, but we had some ones that know about all of that sort of thing, and they said, Pastor, it's just going to be too much expense to retrofit and to try to refurbish what we have. It's just going to be cheaper uh, for us to buy chairs, and so that's what we're doing, and each one of those chairs is $120 a piece. For those of you who come here and you're going to need a place to sit, then would you just keep that in mind? Those of you who are a part of our streaming family, it, it's going to cost us a few hundred thousand dollars to be able to do uh, in the quality kind of form that you're used to, I hope, from this place. We, we, we're not able to take all of the cameras and all the wiring and all of the sound. We can do some, but we, but we can't do all of it. And so there, there are some... There are some other expenses that, that we are right now, six months out, needing to step into uh, the taking care of as best, as best we can. So I've been talking to the Lord about this. Said, Lord, you know what we need. You know what we, what we have and what we don't have. We've taken every extra dollar that has come in after we've taken care of ministry expenses that we would have on a regular basis. We've tried to put every one of those dollars in a savings account, and it has been going toward um, what we are going to need in the building. Even with that, there'll still be some, some needs. So I, I said, Lord, what, what, do, what do I say to your people? You're leading us, and we believe that, that we're doing it as you want us to do it. I feel like he said to my heart, ask my people to ask me for what they should do. Ask my people to ask me. You know what will happen when we do that? The Lord will individually impress you with or not impress you. If you ask him and he doesn't say anything, then, then that's fine. But as we ask him, Lord, what would you have me to do? He'll speak. He'll prompt you with an amount. And you'll obey, and I can tell you this, it will be enough. It will be enough. He will prompt us, those in the room, our streaming family as well, if you will just ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? And then do what he tells you to do. Send it in, and we'll have enough. We'll have enough for whatever it is that he has in mind for us to have it. I'm just so fired up about that. I, you know, even if we had to walk in here and sit and sit in, in lawn chairs for another week or two, great. 
if we, if we had to do some things different in, in getting our streaming broadcast out, fine. But I, I just believe the Lord is going to weave all of this together, put all this together. And our streaming family connected with the ones physically who can be in this house. We're, we're going to do what he prompts us to do. And it's going to be wonderful. Going to be plenty. So, so that's I, I'm delivering that message to you. We're getting ready to we're having to having to write checks, spend money, order so that we'll have stuff ready when we get in. And just need to say to you, you ask the Lord to what for what He asks you to do, and we'll do it. All right. Uh, let me lead us in prayer. We'll thank the Lord for the provision while as yet unseen. Lord, thank you for. Your work in our hearts, thank you for your provision, thank you for this amazing place that you have used for your glory for these 34 years, and we thank you for the something new that is coming, and I bless you in advance for the obedience of your people as your spirit prompts, and I thank you for how you are going to bless them in return, bless them back for their obedience to you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, amen, amen, amen. All right, and I want you to take your Bibles, if you will. If you have your Bible, let me see your Bible. Now, if, you, if, you, if this is what your Bible is in, hold that thing up to you. you know. You've got it in your, folks have it in the phone, some of them are this big, you know, where we can, where we can read them. I want you to find the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and I want you to look at verse 13. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. Here's what Jesus said. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? You see that? How much more shall your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. It's a present tense, those who are asking Him. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking Him? So let me ask you this question this morning. What does your heart need this morning? What is, the, what is the greatest, biggest, most pronounced need in your heart this morning? Not answering it for somebody else, but what is the greatest need? in your heart this morning? Is it hope? Is it forgiveness? Is it, is it knowing that you have been forgiven? Is it, is it the desire to, to stay in the place that you feel like the Lord has assigned you, but it is a hard place? It's been a long journey no end in sight. Is, 
is there something of the need, and it's a big deal for fresh determination, fresh resolve, fresh commitment. It could be all kinds of different things, folks. There goes my phone. But here's the truth. Your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows what your heart needs. And when Jesus says, even as evil people, even as parents that are incomplete and not fully adequate in all that we would try to do, we even know how to bless our children. We know how to gift our children, and there's a joy in us to do that. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking Him? Meaning, meaning, He is equating the giving of the Holy Spirit as the best of all possible gifts for the Father to give to us, his children. Oh, goodness. May, may, may that just sweep over us and bust open some doors that have been locked and pull open some shelves. Lord, it is your heart to bless me with what you know I need the most. Then Jesus, in John chapter 16, leave Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go, go to chapter 16. I want you to notice this. So this, we're speaking, the Father gives the great gift of the Spirit to those of his children who are asking for it or asking for him, the Holy Spirit, look what Jesus says further about who the Spirit is, and by the name that he gives to the Spirit, he's, he, is, he is describing what the Spirit will do for you. This is verse 7. No, no, let's don't do that. Let's go to John 14. Turn back to John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. The word for another is not another of a different kind, but it's another of exactly the same essence as the Lord Jesus himself. He will, he will give you another helper. There's that word. Our word advocate is another English word. It, it comes from the Greek word that means someone, something, called alongside to help. In proximity, close enough, near enough to render help when help is needed. He will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him but you know him because he abides with you and will be what? In you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That is a clue as to who the Holy Spirit truly is. I will not leave you, but I will come to you. It will be, the Spirit will be the invisible presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In what form will you come to us, Jesus? In the form of my Spirit. Now, will that be the crucified Jesus? Will that be the weakened as a man Jesus? No. Peter will say in, in Acts chapter 2 that, that this is the Acts chapter, this is the this is the spirit of the exalted Jesus Christ. There's nothing weak, there's nothing defeated, there's nothing lacking about the spirit of Jesus in his form. He he had emptied himself to take upon the form of a of, of a man child and been coming to this world as a man. He emptied himself of the prerogatives of, of the unlimited God in order to but but now he has been rethroned with all of those prerogatives. He's been given back everything that he once gave up. And it is the spirit of that Jesus who is poured out upon us, poured out upon the church, referenced here. So that's, that's chapter 14. Look, look at verse 25, John 14, 25. More on the same subject, Jesus speaks. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He will teach you the things that you need to know. Look over at the bottom of, of chapter 15. This is verse 26. John 15, 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me, and you will bear witness also because you've been with me from the beginning. Then John 16 and verse 7, Jesus continues, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me or see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Look at verse 12. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you, shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. The helper. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking Him? There is one line, folks, there is one sentence that is just riveted to my heart and blowing up within my spirit to say to you, and I don't know who's going to hear this, I pray we all hear it, but here it is, Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. You and I were never intended to try to live the Christian life by ourselves, on our own, with just our strength to try to keep the motivation up to quit doing the things wrong in the sight of the Lord and start doing the things that are right in the sight of the Lord, but it would all be up to us to keep the generator of obedience and a willing heart and a true heart running. Jesus said, Jesus said, apart from me, without me, you can do nothing. The smartest, best, safest place to begin your day is to start that day and say, Lord, here I am one more time, incapable, unable, unfaithful in many ways within my life. I need you, Lord, more than I've ever needed you before. This is a brand new day. What you did for me five weeks ago, three days ago, this is a different day. I am as weak today as I ever was. I'm as in desperate need of you. Folks, listen, sometimes we think because when somebody pokes us and a scripture comes out that that means spiritual strength. Or somebody lights up a, a tune and we can sing along with it and sing the songs of the church. And because of that, we've got some innate power. No, we don't. The best place, the greatest place, the most wonderful place of hope is when we say back to him, Lord, apart from you, I can do nothing. But here I am starting this day, Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. If we think we've got some power, if we think we can handle it, we never pray that prayer. That's why the places of the release of the Lord's power into our lives so often are commensurate, as Jennifer mentioned, will be commensurate with the times we're going through the toughest, the hardest. It's because those can be the times when we realize without him we're nothing. But my brother, my sister, what if that's not supposed to be once in a blue moon just when the bottom falls out? That that's how we're supposed, what if it's every day? What if it's every day when, when, when a wife has to look at a husband and honestly say, Lord, I can't love that man, I can't respect that man as I'm supposed to respect you. I, I, a, 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 a husband about a wife, Lord, I can't do it. I can't love her to the degree, with the purity, with the intensity as you've loved the church unless you give me the strength to do it. 
instead of just kicking off into one day after another, instead of just realizing I'm going to have to deal with these emotions that cripple and that keep reminding me of how much a failure I am and how, how, how bad things are, if, if instead of living lives like that, we realized from the top of our head to our toenail that the Lord doesn't expect us to take one breath without a dependency upon him. And, and it, it isn't that we are begrudgingly coming to a father that we have to try to make ourselves worthy in his sight to, to give us a pittance. No, it's that we just realize this is the way he designed it. He wants to bless you with the sense of his presence. He wants to fill you up with the ability to do things, feel things, know things, pursue things, that only he can give you the strength to do. You never look for the smartest, the biggest, the richest. You just look for ones that would say in answer to his call on their lives. Tax gatherer, worst of the worst, Levi, follow me. Follow me. Levi, the tax gatherer, gathered up his things, cleaned off his desk, and followed Jesus, knowing that if he was going to ever complete the journey, it was only going to be by the power of the life of Jesus, giving him the strength to do what he would do. Peter, the fisherman, Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee, the mean Pharisee, the mean one, telling you, and Paul says this in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through the one who is giving me the strength. We say, Paul, how did you put up with all of that? How did you know what to say? How, how were you able to cast that demon out? How were you able to endure such suffering to which Paul would say, I can do all things. I can do the all things that are on the assignment ledger of my Father, my Savior for me. I can do them, and I can only do them as my Lord is giving me strength by His Spirit. Now, may the God of hope, Paul wrote, hope, God of hope. Now, may the God of hope, who authors hope, who maintains hope, who accomplishes hope, now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody listening to me who needs some hope, then here's my next question. Have you ever prayed this prayer with regard to the deficiency of hope felt in your heart? Lord, Send your spirit in power to my heart. Trying to get this, I know we've quoted this phrase, we've spoken on the matter of the power of the filling in the spirit many, 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 many times over these last few years. But there's just a strong sense in my heart that now more than ever, you and I need to tap into the strength and the glory and the might of what Jesus is saying we have permission to do, to 
to ask the Father to send the Spirit and power to my heart. Where is your heart the most needy? Over these last several days, there's been a couple of fathers, interestingly enough, with, with daughters in their late teens, early 20s, desperately sick, desperately ill, even to the point that some of the medical professionals were, were, were not sure how things would end up, and in one case are still very much tending to a young girl in ICU. The, the, the dads loving their daughters, good men, <laughs> would give anything they could give if it would by the health of those dear daughters. They're not able to pay any money, not able to take them anywhere for other treatment. It, they, it locally is where they have been, in this city and then in another city up in the Midwest. But I believe what the Lord has been doing and is doing in those dads' hearts as this would be the prayer for them and encouraging them to pray this, Lord. Send your spirit and power to my heart. What if all over again the Lord wants to show us his power to calm a storm? His power to speak to the raging billows and howling winds on the Sea of Galilee with the statement, peace, be still. What if the power of the Spirit expressed in your life today is the Lord in power speaking peace to your heart? We can read all the verses on peace and sing all the songs about peace and have no peace. Anybody want to say amen? I've learned that. I understand that. We can go through all of the verses on self-control. We, we, can, we can get all the counsel to try to put us in the right. But unless there comes to be a measure of power you haven't known, fresh power released in your soul or my soul, we'll never live in conquest over the things that have bound us. Lord, send your spirit in power. Jesus, where we go, the reason we get that is Jesus, Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power. Remember that? After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth. Power expressed in them would be that the, the timidity, even the terror that was paralyzing the church because they saw what happened to Jesus, that somehow, some way, there would be and eliminating or a, a, a shrinkage of that power, uh, the power that fear had to shut them down, and they would be released to another dimension of freedom. Folks, here's what he does. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is at work. Where the Spirit of the Lord is doing what the Spirit of the Lord does, there comes freedom. So when we pray, Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart, 
it's going to mean that he brings by the power of his spirit a sense of release from, freedom from the things that have so oppressed us and had us down. You say, well, pastor, when's that going to happen? You know, how long do I have to pray that? When, when do, you, you, just, you just, here's what I believe will happen. <laughs> it happens in me. In the places where, where there would be the need for a different emotion than that which is ruling in the heart temporarily, looking at a situation, pray, Lord, send your spirit in power. There's, there's something when you're praying right, when you're praying right, the witness of the Spirit inside you just starts saying, Amen. Amen. Pray it. Preach it. Nothing may have changed in the natural. You may still have a part of that storm that's still working or that confusion or that unsettledness or shame working, but you, you, you can hear in that inner voice of the Lord to your heart, the Lord encouraging you to keep going. Keep going. How long do I pray for somebody to get well that's been sick and that I, I'm feeling impressed to pray? You, you keep going. You keep praying. You keep believing. You keep standing against the darkness for as long as there is that sense of the Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you're not crazy, that you're on track. And you may do that for two years. You may do that for five days. You may do that for 30 minutes. Would anybody just raise their hand and say, I know I've, I've experienced that. You, you can, it, it, it's as if the Jesus in you is in agreement with what the Spirit is wanting you to pray and say and do, and you're encouraged by that. You're encouraged to keep going. Lord, I know you don't want me to, to turn my back in rejection toward that one, I, I know that it's, it's, it's your will for me to forgive, to release. Lord, I can't do that. I can't on my own. Folks, listen, you, you can save yourself a whole lot of emotional energy if you'll quit beating yourself up for the things that the Lord knows you can't do and that we know we can't do. So instead of spending any energy trying, 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 trying to create something that's impossible for us to create, and experience apart from his help, we just, we cut to the chase and we go straight to that simple prayer. Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Okay, you say, but, but isn't, that, isn't that just for cleaned up people? Isn't that just for 100% sanctified folks to pray? I'm just going to say to you, 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 may, you may find yourself with that cry going up in your heart and the physical location where you are, maybe anything but a Sunday school class. But you're praying what he knows is true about you. Meaning, Lord, I, I can't rescue myself from this. I can't see the wrong in this unless you show me the wrong. I can't be different unless you are the difference maker in me. Lord, send your spirit in power. I, I just want to say to some struggling with, with, with addictions, struggling with, with things that have, that, that have bound you, held you, and we're, we, we, we can all give some kind of testimony to some degree of things that have held us. 
The Apostle Paul will say in Romans 8, verse 13, if you then by means of the Spirit are putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. Live in abundance, live in freedom, live in the way that the Lord wants. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul goes through this long list of what these works of the flesh or these evidences of the old man, old woman, the before Jesus person can look like. I think we ought to just know that that's in your Bible. Would you turn with me to Galatians chapter 5? Galatians chapter 5. And there's all kinds of hope in this. Don't don't check out on me. There's all kinds of hope here. Look look at what he says in verse 16, Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. In other words, walk in the power of the Spirit. Live your life in the power of the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh, that old part of you that you're not going to get rid of till you get in glory, and that hasn't happened yet. So anytime somebody is crazy enough to say, you know, I found the Lord and he, and I, I don't ever do those things that I used to do anymore because I found the Lord. Number one, you didn't find the Lord. He found you if you were found at all. And number, and number two, everything, will y'all listen to me? Listen to me. Everything that you ever were capable of before, you are still capable of today, because those things came from the old man, the old woman, the flesh. Now, look what Paul says. The flesh sets its desire against the spirit. The fleshly desires, the fleshly drives set the desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. They're fighting. They're fighting, they're battling. But if you were led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Under the law meaning you've broken the law, therefore the punishment from the law is, is headed your way. But it says if you're under the control of the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit, if you're empowered by the Spirit, you won't be living in such a way as to be guilty of breaking the law of God. So look at verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. The old man. What did Paul say? If you by means of the Spirit are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Here here it is again. He lists them, several of them, not all. The deeds of of the flesh are evident, which are immorality. What's that? What, What is that? Unfaithfulness to the purity of a sexual vow and commitment. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things, who habitually practice such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God but the fruit of the Spirit. In contrast to the deeds of the flesh, here's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
So where's the self-control going to come from? To, to keep us from going back to some of these other things that this old part of us can keep pulling us at. I, th this is a point of freedom, I, I, I think, if, if, you've, if you've never dawned on it. When you came to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, your old man, your old woman didn't die. The sins that resulted from yielding to what those old desires and old pushes or the sins have been forgiven in Jesus. But it takes every day, sometimes hours and points in the day, for the Spirit of Jesus to be strong in you to put to death what's trying to grow up as a fresh crop from the old man or the old woman. The, the, the two are in conflict with each other. That just takes us back to why that one sentence prayer is so important. Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. Seek counsel. The licensed counselors can be of great help, but just think how much more help they can be if you're recognizing the truth the counselors may be giving you can be put on steroids if you're realizing that it is the life of the Spirit of Jesus working within you to agree with the truth, to run in the direction of the truth, that you're not on your own just to do what the counselor said, and you're left as an orphan. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'll come to you. There's an orphan spirit that can ravage folks, and nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody. Maybe there was an orphanage of some orphaning of some sort as you were growing up and, and, and you felt all alone. But in Jesus, by the power of his spirit, he will not let you stay at the place of feeling that you're an orphan. I will come to you. How will he come to us? He's everywhere present, but he's not everywhere felt. Do I have a witness? He's everywhere present but he's not everywhere manifest. He's not everywhere. This is about the manifest, felt presence of Jesus. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit, the invisible presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, expressing the Godhead, God, Father, God, and, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but specifically in reference to us, the invisible presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He desires, as we ask him, to make the presence of Jesus known inside us and in power, meaning that where we are weak, he is strong. What we can't do, he's able to do. But it's not us plus Jesus. You know, great big me, little bitty Jesus. Come help me, Jesus. Don't burst your breath. But if you are at the place... <laughs> Saying, Lord, I can't fix this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the future holds. I, it, it, what, what does this say? It says, he will even disclose to you the things that are to come. The things that we need to be taught, that the Spirit will teach us. That some things he wants us to know ahead of time, and he knows the future, and he can reveal it to you. This is why you go here and you don't go there. This is why you stop and you stay. This is what you do. This is the person. This is the choice. Okay. Back to the ecclesia, back to the church that Jesus built. 
without the operation of the Spirit, the so-called church is no more than a social club that gets no more life out of talking about Alabama barely beating Texas yesterday than, than, than anything else. We, we, we just sit, we just swap, we just, no! <laughs> what did he say? Where two or three of you have gathered in my name, there the I am is in the middle of you. And I don't know, I know I can't do it. I know I can't fix it. I know I can't heal the sick home. But when the, when the two or three gather together and sickness comes up, or, or, or waywardness, brokenness, rebellion comes up, the rising up of the authority of Jesus alive in the hearts of those. In the name of Jesus, we call that cancer dead. In the name of Jesus, we call, we speak life on Washington, D.C. In the name of Jesus, we call forth that which you want as the provision for us. You're not just sitting around telling stories, except war stories and victory stories. And sharing the hurt, sharing the heart, but you're in a place where when you, when you find yourself connected with others who are alive in the Spirit, and you're connected with them, then what can come out of that union is supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. The walls of these buildings need to just be torn down. The walls of denominational separation, keeping us from one another. If we allow that to be, oh, I'm a Baptist, so I can't be around a Catholic, or I'm, I'm a Catholic, and I dare not do anything with this Pentecostal church. Where'd you get that? Who taught you that? It wasn't Jesus. Your loyalty is to one person and one person only. If you're a part of the true church, and that is Jesus. That is Jesus. Shirley and I have told folks over the years, if Alamo City, the atmosphere of this place, can be a blessing to you for whatever period of time you need it, then amen. But you will not be being unfaithful to us. You will not be divorcing us if you end up at Max Lucado's church, or you end up at Cornerstone, or you end up at CBC, or you end up at the street, the one just down the street from you. Because your loyalty isn't to us. Our loyalty is to Jesus. And he will connect us with folks in the spirit that may sit on Sunday morning in, in, in a different spot than we sit. But it doesn't mean that you're committing adultery, committing church adultery. If you find yourself looking over here. Go look, go there, be fed, be blessed, stay there if you need to, but come home, come back if you need to do that too. You know who the, you know who the hardest sheep, I, I, I'm not sure that this is totally true, I look at Shirley to think if she's waving, she's got, she's got one of those flags that those, that those coaches have, that you know, that she, she can throw that thing in when I, you know, that's what we, I've got to protest the call. I tell you, the hard, some of the hardest sheep to tend to are the ones who keep staying in a place they're not supposed to still be. But you know, and then you stay in there, well, why isn't this right? And why isn't that happening? Why isn't this happening? You know, if, 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 it, if, if there's truth that you're speaking, we need to fix it, then we need to fix it. But, but if it's the, the Lord's just shifting you, 
and you're too chicken to move, then that isn't our fault. That's your fault. You know. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I, did I say that with any degree of sweetness at all? <laughs> I don't know. But, but it comes back to it's his church. It's not your church. Stop saying it. <laughs> it's his church. My loyalty is to him. And so he can move me where he wants me. He can plant me. We've been here for, what, 34 years, 35 years nearly. And Sunday's still the best day of the week for me. I I love being able to do what I get to do. But it's a blessing to see as the streaming has kicked in how we've been able to reconnect with a bunch of you who have been moved to other places, even in other congregations. And hallelujah. If you're still going for Jesus, if you're still loving him, if when amazing grace kicks in, you still want to squall and shout, it doesn't matter where you are, we're going to meet together up yonder, and down here we'll realize everything's temporary. Okay, so now that's, that's kind of Wednesday night. We, we, we'll get into some more of that and really want to encourage you to come. We had a wonderful group in the Fellowship Hall, probably the largest group we've had on a Wednesday night you know, in a long, long time after COVID getting behind us. And so it was good to see and visit and talk. We do that at 6.30, start getting together at 6.30, but then the teaching will start streaming at 7. What, what, what I want to encourage you along that line is that, that, that if there are some brothers and sisters that in the spirit you just connect with, now they may all be Alamo City or they may be different places or no place, but they know Jesus Somehow you love them. We feel like that, that the Lord's wanting to connect groups, small groups, and be scattered wherever he puts us. But instead of it being, oh, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to church. I don't have a church. Yes, you do. Stop defining church as a building. Stop defining church as a denomination. It's the life of the Spirit. And as he connects you with another one of those living stones, Shirley's got some great insight on that matter of how the Lord it turns us into living stones in high places. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear that, and we'll, we'll get to that on one of these Wednesday nights. Okay? All right, so what, what's, what's that one sentence prayer? Lord, send your spirit to my heart. What if in the morning before you went to work, instead of just assuming I'm leaving, I'm leaving Jesus in my Bible and I'm leaving Jesus on a shelf or in this building. You really believe that he wants you to pray that way. Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart today. And you move into your day. Having prayed that, having asked that, I believe if you make that a regular approach, a regular way to begin weeks, days, afternoons, evenings, whatever the segment would be, a continuous prayer, Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. It will profound you, the difference that that can make. Then to be able to respond with that by saying, Holy Spirit, I receive you in power. Holy Spirit, I receive you in power this day. For what your Father knows your heart needs, ask Him for the Spirit and power to meet that need.
Lord, we are so indescribably grateful and so thrilled that you would invite us to speak to you in such a way. I thank you for the freedom that comes. I thank you from the relief and the release that comes when it really does drop 18 inches that you don't expect us to swing and hit it over the fence every time we're at bat. But that your heart is that we would ask you, look to you, ask you to send to us your spirit in power that we may be the men and women you want us to be, that we may be walking the direction you want us to walk, that you will correct us by the voice of your spirit to our hearts. If we're wrong, if we're out of step, if we're in the wrong lane, send your spirit in power that we may see it. By your power, it may be corrected. By your spirit, we may be changed. We may be transformed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I don't know if any of you got one thing I said this morning, but I have blessed myself preaching these things that I know are true, and you don't even have to say amen or clap. I know it's true. I know God will answer this. I know he'll honor that prayer. I know it. He will. He will. <laughs> okay, I better, I better hush. Wednesday night's coming, and we're excited about seeing you. Those of you who can, streaming, join us online as you're able to. Let's stand together, folks. Let's stand together. Here's something that we used to do a lot of before COVID hit us. We, we used to not be in a real big hurry to get out of this building because the Lord, as we were here, would be connecting us, kind of just even though we hadn't had a chance to speak, to just speak a word of encouragement. You may not even know the person's name that the Spirit may lead you to speak a word of encouragement to. That's why it'll bless you maybe more than the person you spoke to, because you know it was the Lord. Somebody needs a hug. Somebody needs a handshake. Somebody needs a look in the eye to pray, to speak what you feel like the Lord's giving you to say to. You may just want to stay and pray for each other in this room. Those of you streaming family, the same thing, right where you are, you can stay and pray in agreement, Lord, and the need is put before. He is where you are. You are not going to walk out of this building and see the face of Jesus smashed against the glass. Not leaving him here. You are the temple of his spirit. So let's honor him in that. Amen. Prayer partners, if you'll join me, please come this way and, and so we can pray with you. And if, if there's never been a time in your life where you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, it all starts there. And this is the best day to do that. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Savior and my Lord. Let us pray with you along that line, if that's working in your heart, if there's any other need that we can pray with you about. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, let us hear from you. and We'd love to be joining in prayer for the Lord to bring his solution to the need. Okay?
Amen. This has been good. I hate to turn us loose, but we got to. We, we, better, we better go so we can come back. Bless you. We'll see you next time. Come this way if we can pray with you. If you're done, then you just dismiss yourself and slip on out. But don't, don't be in a hurry. If you want to stay, you stay. God bless you.